Welcome to the Prairie City United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. Here's the latest message from Pastor John Bailey. We are a little less formal in this service, so we can take some time to think through some things. And so I want you to think through two things for me. I want you to first think through what the hardest moment of this last week was for you. You got that question in your mind? I want you to take a moment and think through what the hardest moment of this last week was for you. And I'm going to call you back for the second thing in just a second. Okay. I'm going to follow up with that. Maybe you've got one in your mind that I want you to keep on thinking about, but I want you to ask yourself where you saw God this week. I want you to think about where you saw God this week. Where is your God sighting this week? Maybe it was in that moment or maybe it was a different moment, but I want you to think about where you saw God this last week. I think it's important for us to keep up a practice of asking ourselves that every week. John Wesley, when he got his groups together, the founder of the Methodist movement would often ask the question, how is it with your soul? And simply put, when he asked that question, it was a little coded because what he was asking is, where do you feel connected to God? And where have you seen God at work in your life this last week? And they would ask that question every single week, partly because we get in the habit of not thinking about where God might be in our lives. And this brings us back to a practice of continually asking ourselves as we go out into the world, Where is God at work? Where is God at work in our lives? And so I hope you continue to think about that as we go to the scripture today, as we think about the scripture, we are making a shift. We've been doing the narrative lectionary, focusing on the stories of the old Testament. We're going to be focusing as we go throughout the year into Advent, we'll make a shift into the new Testament. And in the spring, we'll be talking about the stories of Jesus uh, in the, after the first of the year. But here we are in the old Testament, the narrative, the stories of the old Testament, because we were reminded that Jesus was a Jew. And as a Jew, these stories might've been familiar for, to him and formed him partially as who is fully human and fully divine into who he was. And so we've gone through this, this season of looking at stories that believe it or not, we're all about the promises and the covenant that God made with his people. So we've talked about Abraham and Sarai or Sarah. We've talked about Jacob and we've, we've talked about the, all the way Moses, all the way through as God promised great things to the people of God. Those two promises the, the promises came in twofold. If you remember, one was a promise of, of multiple people to come in their line that they would have descendants. As God said, more stars than you could count in the sky. You remember that? And then as God spoke to, to Jacob, Jacob, more sand grains of sand than you could count in the sea. What beautiful, beautiful imagery that is. If we even tried to count, we would lose count because there'd be so much blessing there. And then we know that with the second blessing that God, the second promise God gave them was a understanding of their own land of abundance. Now there's a few things that come in. That is when you have your own land, you're able to grow things. You're able to create things and you're able to do stuff a little bit on your own, but also God 
leads them through a, pro, uh, a process of relying on God because their own land doesn't always look like their own land. And what they're able to do on their own doesn't. Today we're making this unfaithful. Listen to that faithlessness and unfaithlessness. Now it's important for us to think about those words because when we think about faithless, it means those without faith, right? But unfaithlessness, faithful. What does it mean to have those stories? And one of the things that as we go through these next seven weeks to think about these stories, one of the things we'll be thinking about is a word that's called hesed. It's a Hebrew word uh, that means mercy or loving kindness, to have love in action. It's covenantal love. It's not an emotion only, but it is faithful as you fulfill your promises. Hased is a theme in the Old Testament to talk about what it means to be faithful. It's the word we might use for faithful, the Hebrew word for that. And we want to think about both where the people, where their hased is, but most importantly, where God is in the midst of that. And what we find is, is that God's has said is most often seen through the action of human beings, through the interaction with others, for those that are present and are able to speak up for those that are present and are able to support. God's has said is seen through the action of others. And so the scripture today is really looking, truly God is present and active in the scripture we read about Ruth, Naomi, and Orpah. Not Oprah, but Orpah, okay? And I have to say, I am so sorry, Tim, for throwing you under the bus with all those hard, hard names. But here we are. I was thinking about what God's faithfulness looks like and where we are faithful to God. Have you ever thought about God's faithfulness? Have you ever thought about what that might mean within our, within our faith, our own faith? I think one of the things that I struggle with the most is when I meet somebody and I talk to them about God and they say that I feel God the most I feel God the most in those moments of blessing or when I meet somebody and they say, I haven't thought about God for a while, but I am now because I'm having a time of hardship. So I think there's something in that where we turn for support and guidance and hope when we're having the hardest situations. But also on the other side of that coin is, is that sometimes we turn to God only when we feel like we got what we needed and what we wanted. Okay. And the reason I'm bringing this up is there's an interchange there between our faithfulness and God's faithfulness. Because what I say as a pastor is God is there 
when you're blessed, but God is also there when you're going through your hardship. God has never left. God is faithful. Sometimes we feel it as some of you said through the people around us, Mara, you mentioned you had some hardship this week and the people that came to support you. Sue, you talked about taking your, your dad into the VA and the people that you see in the halls and the receptionists and the people checking you in and the nurses and the people that all around you. And maybe those that even speak tonight have had that experience of where they saw God working through the lives of others. I think it says something about God that God doesn't abandon us and that God works through us and in us. The scripture today, as we look at it, has a few themes that we want to pull out and they all have to do with God's Hased, a, a understanding of where the passage confuses our perception, our assumptions and our understanding of what it means to be dislocated, to feel empty, and what is sensible in our midst. It starts out this passage that it says it was the time after the judges, during the judges, when people were fleeing from Bethlehem. They were coming out of the land of Judah, out of Bethlehem. And if you've never looked into what Bethlehem means, it means the house of bread. Do you know that? The house of bread. It's interesting to me that Jesus goes to Bethlehem to be born, right? The house of bread becomes the body that is broken. That gives us spiritual substance for our journey through communion. They come out of the house of bread and they go to Moab, the place of Moab, because there is not enough bread in Bethlehem. And as they go into Moab, it says that they come into this land and Naomi and her husband make a stake at it. And then all of a sudden a famine comes through the land. And while they're there, the famine takes away Naomi's husband And her husband and her have children, two boys that have wives that they take, Moabites, Ophrah, and Ruth. And eventually, because of the famine, their husbands are gone too. And so we have these three women who are struggling to survive and know that this land no longer has what they think they need to survive. There's great famine in the land. And they make some decisions. Let's go back to the land of Bethlehem. Because I've heard through the grapevine that things God has given great things to that land. And here in the midst of it, we have the first understanding the first confusion of our assumptions and our perception that happens within this passage for these are people that feel dislocated, right? They're refugees here. 
They're not leaving because they just think it would be nice to leave or they heard that there was something great over the hill. There is a famine there that has taken everything that they think they have to survive off of. The land itself has become inhospitable to their existence. And they're told, we're told through the scripture that they become dislocated. They flee to their original home, Naomi's original home. It wasn't just convenient for them to leave. Rather, is this deep need to survive. Dislocation. I wonder if we have persons in our community or communities that we can think of that have been dislocated because of something happening in the place that they were from, that they flee for something else. And sometimes we think of it and characterize it as just a hope for something better, but we forget of the deep strife, war, violence, injustice, that created a situation where they must flee. These three women flee because of that deep sense of a need to survive. Within there, there's further dislocation of different generations and life changes. We have an older woman, Naomi, who has lost everything that she worked through for in life. Everything seems to have floated away. Her husband has died. She's a widow. And now she's dislocating to another place because life has passed by. Do we know anybody in our community who's in the situation where life seems to have passed by? Their friends have passed away. Their friends are now gone. The ones that they loved and grew up with or have either passed away or moved into another place. Maybe it's a retirement village or maybe it's a nursing home and they're now in their homes and they feel like they're alone now. There's a dislocation here. The home that they've had for so many years doesn't even feel like the home that they used to have feels different. But this woman, Naomi is supported and nurtured in the midst of her loss by two younger women who now find themselves dislocated without anything to tie them to their current land other than a grafted family. the daughters-in-law of Naomi brought out of their original land and their original religion and their original gods to worship the God of Abraham and Moses. But now the people that tied them into that are gone and they find themselves dislocated. And Naomi knows that. We have Ruth, who even after marriage and relocation, she remains 
a Moabite. That somewhere in the relationship, in this dislocation, a strange interaction and interchange happens so that it confuses and casts aside our assumptions of us and them. Do you hear this? That the faithfulness of God here confuses and sets aside the definitions of us and them. That as these ladies who are dislocated find themselves in relationship with one another, all of a sudden, those that used to be us and them are joined together in we. That somehow God working through this situation and God's chased confuses us so that we don't even understand who is the orphan, who is the refugee, who is dislocated from whom, but we understand that as they go together, they are one. And it's called out by Naomi. Sometimes God shows up in the most normal and simple things, the relationship with others. Within this passage, we have a second theme of emptiness. And I guess the opposite of that would be fullness of loss of resources. We're in the midst of harvest time here in Iowa, right? For those that are farming, you know this better than I do. But the ground is ripe for harvest if it would just stop raining, right? And I wonder what happens when harvest happens and there's nothing to bring in. What happens and where do you go when there is nothing to bring in but emptiness? What resources make us feel whole in the midst of that? I'm not just talking about economic or harvest of goods, but I'm talking about spiritual and emotional. What do we do when we feel like we're at a loss and it should be harvest time and we've put in the work and there's just nothing to bring in. There's nothing left in the midst of a spiritual and emotional famine. How about the church? What resources does the church need to feel healthy? What do we need when we're in that season of famine in the church? What do we need in that moment? They are in the midst of that, Naomi and Ruth, and trying to decide where they go and what they do and what they need. And what we find is in the midst of it, that Naomi says, go, turn back, each of you, speaking to both Orpah and Ruth and saying, go back to the land of your mother. The Lord will deal with you faithfully. This is a paraphrase. May the Lord provide for you so that you may find security. And in the midst of that question, 
of what we do in the midst of emptiness and the confusion of what empty and full looks like in the confusion of what it means to be empty and in a season of loss, but also have abundance. We find God's faithfulness to us through this question of what it means to find God's faithfulness in relationship. Sure. Orprah goes home. She leads. She leaves. But she does it with grace and she says that she loved being with Naomi. And the relationship is kept intact. But Ruth stays because the relationship is kept intact. She could have left. The God of Naomi no longer keeps the law over her, nor longer says she must cling. But here we find the last theme of this scripture. The last theme of what sensibility looks like in the midst of faithfulness. The sensible thing. Naomi says, go back to your mother's house for you have nothing with ye. There is nothing left to give. And the sensible thing is to go back because security and support and abundance will be found. But Ruth does not do what is sensible. It says in the scripture that Ruth clung to Naomi. She clung. She does not do the sensible thing, but stuck by her mother-in-law and was loyal above and beyond any of the expectations that would have been placed upon her. God's faithfulness to us does not always lead us to the sensible thing, but sometimes lead us to the thing that is creating with us in us, us more faithfulness. Ruth says, wherever you go, I go, wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. There seems to be here another interchange between what is sensible and what is faithful. That sometimes the logical is not the faithful. That sometimes the faithful takes us into difficult and hard times for the sake of building relationships to support And find something that binds us together. So as we think about the scripture today, we can learn a lot by this relationship between Naomi, Orpha, and Ruth. A relationship strengthened by loss and leading towards abundance. A relationship formed in the midst of dislocation and a relationship that challenges our understanding of sensibility. Overall, as we look at this scripture, 
we learn something about God's faithfulness. Do you hear it in the scripture? Which goes with us in times of abundance and in times of scarcity, in times when every decision seems easy and also when every decision seems hard. And walk act is not just with us in the abstract, but it is lived out in and through others and with us as we support others. The scripture today is about God's faithfulness lived out through the support of community. The voices of friends that stand beside us and our willingness to seek relationships that are built on bridges, which turn the us and them into the we. God's faithfulness confuses the lines that separate us. It confuses the times that we assume and perceive that we know what is different between us. Because sometimes in the midst of that relationship, when it is hard times and we stand next to one another, we find that those confusions that we have bring us closer together as we become one united in God. Thanks for listening to the Prairie City United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed the message you just heard, feel free to share it with a friend. And if you're ever in the Prairie City, Iowa area, we'd love for you to join us for a service. They're held every Saturday night at 6 and Sunday mornings at 9. For directions or to learn more about the church, go to facebook.com slash PCIowaUMC. That's facebook.com slash PCIowaUMC. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.